0: What I want to share with you today is when trouble knocks at your door, and I, I think everybody can say that we heard that knocking in our culture and our society because uh, we've got trouble at the door. I mean, I've, I've lived a number of years, that would be 61 of them, and I, I've never been uh, called into quarantine as a nation. So these are unique times. And so what I want to share with you is a story About a man who got a knock on his door and it turned his world upside down. It started very troubling. And you can find this story in uh, 1 Samuel, 1 Chronicles 13, either book you'll find it. I'm sorry, 2 Samuel or 1 Chronicles. And uh, it's a story of Obed Edom. And so uh, there was some kind of a rumble, ruckus going on uh, out in the community. Uh, There was this parade that was going on from city to city, town to town. And it was passing through Obed-Edom's town, and as everybody was excited, King David was out there, man, and they were singing and dancing, and stuff was going on. It was great. You could hear it from inside your house, and, and Obed-Edom's uh, getting his boys together and his wife, and they're going to go check it out, and all of a sudden, the whole parade stops. Have you ever been in a situation where all things Stop. I mean, restaurants shut down, right? Everything's closing down. You can't get in. And, and everything stopped. And all of a sudden, the party went crazy bad. And, and the ease with which everybody had in life stopped. And, and there was just too many people to figure out what was going on and to get the real story. I think Obed-Edom figured out he'd get it the next day on the, on the nightly news of the town crier or something. I'm not sure. But there was a, a knock on his door, and Obed's thinking, "What's going on?" He opens the door, and there's this mighty man of valor, one of King David's assistants. He says, "This Obed Edom's house." He goes, "Yeah, who are you? What do you want to know?" He goes, "Look, it, I got some news for you." He goes, uh, "King David uh, wants you to take care of something for him." He goes, "Well, well what do you want? What, what are you talking about?" He's kind of looking around the garden. He sees King David just kicking the dirt, mad, angry, and walking away. He goes, what are you talking about? He goes, look it, look it, I got to go. David's out of here. You have to take care of the ark of God. It's staying with you. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What happened? What's that mound of dirt? Why is there a mound of dirt six feet tall, wide and long and why is everybody up? What's going on? And people scattered. It was as if there was a plague and everybody left. And everybody scattered. And there's the ark right in front of his house. See, when trouble comes knocking at your door, you don't know what to do with it. Now, this trouble, you've got to understand something. They renamed the town Perez-Ozah. In other words, that incident named renamed the town that Obed-Edom lived in because the, the news was that bad. They, they would mark this that century, that period, as the time when God killed a man. So how would you like your house to be known as the place of desolation? And by the way, you're going to take care of it. It's coming into your house today. And so he's a little scared, and probably a lot scared, because He's got to tend to the thing that killed another man. Now, it's not that God was bad. The problem was nobody knew how to handle the presence of God properly. And so judgment starts in the house of God. How many of you know that? But Obed-Edom, I'm sure he looked at his wife and said, we are not prepared for this. I mean, how many of you have ever thought you'd be prepared we have preparedness people who have a lot of food and a lot of water, but nobody's prepared for this idea that you have to wear masks and stay six feet away from people and all that. And again, it's not because God did this thing, but I'm just talking about the situation where Obed-Edom was not prepared to take into something that could virtually be lethal. You've got to be careful around this. And, and so they all scattered, and he's got to get his house ready. And I'm thinking, we're just going to leave it right there. And I'm thinking, his wife's getting, you can't leave God out in the rain. I don't want to bring him in here. You saw what happened to the last guy that touched this box. I don't think we could bring it in. We're going to have to handle that. But you're in charge of handling the presence of God in a troubled time. What are you going to do with the presence of God when there is trouble and everybody is scattering in fear? How are you going to handle it? How are you going to bring the presence of God into your house? And so this is a challenge to Obed-Edom and his family. Obed-Edom had eight sons. Now, come on, think about this. Turn to his wife, say, honey, look, we bring that in. Uzzah, from my understanding is Uzzah touched it and he went over dead. We've got eight boys. Do you know any one of those boys that will not put their hands all over that thing? Where are we going to put it? In the living room? We're going to put it in the bedroom? What are we going to do with the presence of God? Do you want the presence of God in your house? Well, if you know God and you honor God, who doesn't want the presence of God in their house? And so what obed Edom's going to have to do is he's going to have to train his children how to behave in the presence of God how to properly handle the presence of God. Things are going to have to change in our households because we lived freely. We did what we wanted to do. People went their way and this and that. Now we're all stuck in the house, and now we're going to start seeing how we behave. And sometimes God does that so he can order his house. See, there was a big difference with Uzzah and other people. You see, because the Ark of the Covenant was in Abinadab's house for 20 years. After the ark had been stolen by the Philistines and then returned by an ox cart, it was put in Abinadab's house for 20 years. 20 years! And guess what the name of Abinadab's, one of his sons was? Uzzah. You see, some people get so comfortable with the presence of God. we got people been going to church all their lives and they're just used to the presence of God. They're used to the things of God. It doesn't even shake them. It doesn't unnerve them. Uzzah was supposed to know how to handle the ark and the presence of God, but he spent 20 years growing up with it in his own house. It seemed that nobody used it. Nobody uh, prayed to God with it. It was a piece of furniture. And so what's happening to us now that we can't gather in our churches? Are are we starting to figure out that uh, maybe church was just a piece of furniture in our life? Because God's still in your life. God's still in my life. Nothing's changed, but is it that it's just been a routine for 20 years? That when the thing started moving and started shaking, Uzzah thought, ah, it's just a piece of furniture. And when he put his hand on it, it says that God was angered. That he would think so simplistically of this presence of God that it struck him dead. So Obed-Edom's got to bring the presence of God into his house. See, we could live a Christian life without having God in our house. We can live a Christian life without having respect for the holiness of God. We can live with it as a piece of furniture. But when times get hard, are you going to lean on God or are you going to lean on your emotional condition? See, so you're going to have to figure out what to do in these times. The trouble has come to our doors. But if you'll invite the presence of God in, with reverence and respect, you'll be able to get through this thing. How do I know that? Because what the next statement says in in the book of Chronicles is this. It says, And the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and all his household and all that belonged to him. The Ark of the Covenant was in his house for three months. Ninety days. Ninety days. Now, I'm wondering how it... Got into the house. Did it get into the house the first night? Did he get his eight boys and say, "Okay, look, we got to pull this in, we got to break. Where did they put it? And I and I'm wondering if maybe it stayed out the first night. You know, and he's just kind of looking at through the window. Is it was glowing in the dark? And this man, I could see the little kids. I want to play on it. I want to see the angels. I want to touch it. Don't touch it. But his wife said, "I told you, you can't leave the presence of God outside." So they got to bring it in the house. Bring it in the house. And what happens? I believe it becomes part of the family. It became part of the house. I would imagine that there was a presence, a Shekinah, a weight of glory. Because as he respected it, it said it began to bless him. Now, it first of all says it blessed him personally. See, we're stuck in the house, everybody. We're in a situation where there's fear out there. There's a shift in the world. You've got to understand that this is going to change Obed-Edom, his eight children, and his wife forever. We're in a situation in life where this isn't just a brownout that lasts a few days, and we talk about it 10 years ago. Remember when it browned out? This is a time that is actually changing the globe, changing the planet, changing our laws, changing the way we are. This is something we'll never forget. And when you encounter God, when you look past the fog through the fear and see that God's in this thing and that you can personally have a deeper walk with God in trial. Every time you look in Scripture, it was in the fire that one as appeared to be the Son of Man was with the three Hebrew boys. They had to go through the fire to have a personal encounter with God. God said, I will be with you through the fire, through the flood, through the flame. Our personal encounters happen through our trials because it's then that you draw close to God. So Obed-Edom was personally blessed because trouble came to his door. Because of a, a situation that rocked the world. And he had to stand in it. in the presence of God began to bless him. I would imagine that there were times when he stayed up late or maybe got up early or maybe in the middle of the night just to be in the presence of God. Could you imagine that? Could you imagine standing near, that near? Look, at only a high priest once a year could go into the Holy of Holies, but Obed-Edom had the presence of God open in his living room 24-7. Could you imagine? What would it be like if you had access to God 24-7? Oh, wait a minute. Oh, wait a minute. We do. But how many of us have been like Uzzah? Just another part of who we are, the religious part. I believe Obed-Edom was changed by the very presence of God. When you are in the presence of God, its power transforms your thinking, your well-being, your entire outlook on life. It not only says that it blessed Obed Edom, but it says and his household. So it meant that it changed the dynamic of his marriage. I think Obed Edom, I don't know what his wife name, Gladys, um, I bet that they, I bet that they changed the way they talked to each other. Hey, get me! Hey, darling, could you get me my slippers? Get them, you? Yes, dear. Because God's in the middle of the room now. And how would you act if God was in the middle of the room? Wow, how would you act if God was in the middle of you? See, we're not living up to what God is, but. This is what God, this is amazing to me because what has happened is God says, this is the year of the family. Now, get together. You're going to be quarantined with the family. So you got eight boys, a husband and a wife, and the presence of God. Woo, glory. Now when he says, tonight it's devotion time, they're not going like, what? Because I imagine when it's devotion, All of a sudden, the glory of God begins to hum. The presence of God moves. The cloud fills their house. And all of Israel has no understanding. Look at the world's lost out there. Every night, they don't know what the news is going to say tomorrow. Have you listened to the news? It is so repetitive. It is so redundant. One expert after another expert after another criticism, this and that. Uh, The COVID virus, COVID virus, this and that. How many times are we going to hear about it? But see, they have nothing else to look at. But you do. You have something so different to look at. While all of Israel saw the dead man and, and David upset, They saw the presence of God in their house. Eight boys for three months learned to walk in the presence of God. For two months, one month maybe, we'll be locked up in our houses. Will it change us? Now here's the other amazing thing. It said not only did it it bless Obed-Edom and his household, it says, and all that belonged to him. So use your imagination. So you're walking down the street, the suburbs of whatever town that was. Now it's Perez Uzzah. You're you're walking down the streets of the city of death, right? That's what they renamed it, Death of Uzzah. You're walking down that street, and you see people who are walking around. But you come by this one house, and all the flowers are in bloom. All the shrubs in front of his house are blooming, day and night. Birds seem to gather in his trees and on his roof instead of any other place. His, his livestock, his cows, his goats, they're bursting with milk. They're feeding. They're growing strong. His, if he's got crops, they are in full growth, fruitful, and multiplying. It says everything that belonged to him was blessed by the presence of God. See, Come on, we're supposed to be showing this world how blessed we are to have God in us, but we're letting the world dictate our fruitfulness. And so this situation seems like it's trouble, but for those who have ears to hear and eyes to see, the presence of God is with us. In the land of Goshen, whatever plague hit Egypt, it didn't even touch Goshen. Where the presence of God is, he is with his people. So we've got to remember that trouble comes knocking at your door. It's an opportunity for blessing from God, depending on how you respond to him. And that's my last point. It changed his legacy. There are things that mark us and mark our times. This is going to be right up there with other things that marked the history of your life and my life. And it'll mark your children's lives. So how are you going to let it mark your life? Are you going to mark it as the parade that ended in death? Or are you going to mark it as this is when I gave my life to God? This is when God flooded my soul and came into my house like never before. For three months, I was overwhelmed. By the presence of God. Changed his legacy. For Obed-Edom, it it says that after this event, he became, he was a musician, he played harp, and he became one of the doorkeepers in the temple of God. It changed him. It put him in ministry. It made him a steward of God's presence. See, how many of you, have you ever been around, I I was at a, a thing a couple weeks ago, in California. And I was, a, this, I was with this guy who had uh, been with the Lord and an experience with God. And when I was with him, it was like, man. I, in fact, I was getting eggs in the morning with breakfast with the standing eggs. I said, man, you've been in the presence of God. And he was all giddy and laughing. He goes, <laughs> yeah, man, I tell you, it's coming. See, when you're in the presence, you carry the weight of the presence of God. Everybody else feels it. It was like, I want what that guy's got. Man. Obed-Edom became a steward of the presence of God. He had his presence in his house through the time, and and then once it was gone, he followed it and moved his family to the presence of God. What was birthed in his house changed them all. It says that later on, it says that Obed-Edom and his eight sons, it says that according to his heritage, his family tree, it said that his sons, and his sons' sons became men of great abilities. See, I know that people are afraid. I know that there's fear. I know that people are worried. But if you would bring God into this thing, if you would bring God into the house, it literally changed the legacy and the heritage of Obed-Edom. Three months of God in their house blessed him, his children, and his grandchildren, 62 in all. All of them had great abilities and became leaders. We need leaders who have been schooled in the presence of God. Now, what happens when trouble comes knocking at your door? Because after three months, guess what happened? There was a knock on his door. This time the trouble was... David wanted the presence for himself and for his people. He wanted it back. (laughs) Obed, he had heard, news came to King David, God is blessing Obed-Edom and all that he has. And David's like, what? (laughs) I I wanted that. So he studied and researched how to get it back, and they properly handled the presence of God by putting the posts in the ark, carrying it properly with the priests, and they got it back. But how would you, how would you like to get the knock? I want it back. The, the ark's got to go. Do you imagine the four-year-old, the five-year-old? No, Daddy, no! Don't let him take it! No, that's our ark! But Obed would say, you know what, son? Oh, that all of God's people would have the presence of God. Right? Oh yeah, that's us. And so the King David took the presence. He didn't put it behind the curtain. He didn't put it behind the veil. He put it out in the open for 33 years for all of Israel to worship the open presence of God. Obed-Edom was assigned to be one of the musicians that played before the Ark of the Covenant, and he was assigned to be a gatekeeper to the presence of God. So, that's what happens when trouble comes knocking at a Christian's door. You open it up because God is going to do something in every situation. It matters how you handle this time. This is a time for us to worship God. This is a time for us to enjoy His presence. This is a time for us to gather our family, nurture them in the things of God, and for us to pray and grow. I expect that in a month or two, when we're able to gather again, hopefully on Easter morning, when we're ready to gather again as a people, I'm praying that the radiance coming off of your face because you have hidden yourself in with God in your house is going to blow the roof off this place because Christians have sought the face of God. Amen? And That's my word of encouragement to you tonight. I'm going to close right now with prayer. And I want to pray for everybody. Pray for your well-being. Let's gather together. Would you bow your heads all around this Metro Detroit area. Father God, we thank You for the ministry of Your Holy Spirit. Lord, You're not in a box. You're not in a sculpture. You're not in a physical representation. You are in fact God within us. Because of what Jesus did, Your presence now abides within each one of us. May we not be like Uzzah so complacent and used to your presence. But may we, in fact, be like Obed-Edom, drawing near to you and learning of the blessings and your presence that glorifies. Now I pray in the name of Jesus, I cast out fear. Fear has no place in my household. Fear has no place in my own heart or mind. God, whatever happens in this earth, whatever happens with sickness or disease, I was bought with a price. I am no longer my own. Therefore, I will glorify you in this body with every breath, no matter what happens in my life. I will praise you. And I pray that we will break the spirit of fear, and we will walk in love, power, and a sound mind. We determine our hearts to have ears to hear what you're saying each day for us. Father, I pray for those who, who need personal contact, who are being stressed by isolation. I pray for those, Lord God, that any depression, anxiety, I break it off and I pray that as they get into your word, they'll find relationship with you. I pray for protection against sickness, and I pray for a spirit of worship in each of us that will restore our faith and hope. We pray for the president of our nation and all those in charge, that, Lord God, they would make righteous decisions and that you would protect them from harm. We cast down the power of the air, the principality of the air, and his work and attempts so that the work of God in revival will be sustained and will flourish and begin even now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.